What's good, y'all, and welcome to another episode of the Amatel Like TIS podcast with your host, yours surely, Jai Shields, here on this Wednesday, May the 12th, or Thursday, May the 13th, depending on what day you're listening to this show, the year 2021. Got a good show here for you, uh, here in this uh, early slash mid-May program. Get into the NBA as their regular season is coming down to the wire. Race for the Western Conference and Eastern Conference playing tournaments are uh, are going on right now as we speak. Give you my two cents on Russell Westbrook accomplishing and being the NBA's all-time triple-doubles uh, leader and slash record holder. Uh, the 2021 NFL schedule was released today on Wednesday, which is why this episode was dropped later than it sh- later in the day than uh, than usual. Um, and of course, I'm going to give you my two cents on the Oakland A's, who might move out of Oakland if they can't get a stadium deal done within the next few years or so. We'll get to that a little bit later on in the program. And there's also stuff I want to get to. Uh, that I don't won't have time to here on Wednesday, but I'll get into it a plenty on Saturday. The Olympics, the whole situation with the Olympics and them banning Black Lives Matter protests and things of that nature at the twenty twenty and twenty twenty one Tokyo Games this upcoming summer. And I've and you better believe I'm gonna give you my two cents on Tim Tebow. Uh, who finds who can't go away and always somehow someway finds the need to be relevant every single time you turn around. But we'll begin the program with Russell Westbrook and the Wizards' uh, chase to be the to make the Eastern Conference play-in tournament. Uh, as far as as far as the uh, Washington Wizards, as far as the Washington Wizards are concerned. Um, first off, Russell Westbrook on the uh, two Russell Westbrook two days ago uh, p- passed Oscar Robinson as the NBA's all-time leader in regular season triple doubles with 182, beating out Oscar Robinson's 181, and of course Magic and Kidd and LeBron and Wilton and Bird and Harden and Jokic have uh, also are in the top ten as far as triple doubles are concerned as well. Um, that game in which he passed Oscar Robertson on Monday, on uh, on Monday, on uh, the, on May the tenth, in which uh, the Wizards lost that game by a point, one twenty five to one one twenty four, and Russell Westbrook had had hoisted up a hoisted up a three from deep, which would have won them the game. That you know was an absolute brick. But uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, it does matter because they lost the game. The Wizards need to win every game they possibly can in order for them to make this play-in. But when Russell Westbrook has has uh, his name atop of the uh, leaderboard in triple doubles in the history of the NBA, you'll still take that too. That that was a 28-point, 13-rebound, 21-assist performance from Russell um, and he just and he's been going on an absolute streak with the triple doubles. Um, he did not. Uh, he's had one essentially. He did not. He did not have one tonight. Uh, tonight against uh, against Atlanta, he he did. He had a double double. He did not have a triple double, but he's had a triple double every single game from uh, from May third to May the 
to uh, May the 10th, he had a triple-double um, in every game in that time span. Um, he, he's, you know, he's a triple, he's a triple double. He's a triple double king as far as the NBA regular season is concerned. Me personally, I think he's a, he's an, he's gonna, he's gonna go down, and he is the game's greatest regular season point guards. I mean, if you talk regular season on a night in night out basis. God's going to give you his money's worth every single time he steps out onto the floor. Russell Westbrook's going to be that guy. He has his competitiveness, his competitiveness and his effort and just the and just the 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 uh, the the edge that he has to go out on to co- to compete on a night and night out basis, regardless of what team he's on, whether it's the Thunder, whether it's the Rockets, and now the. The Washington Wizards. Every single night, Russell Westbrook laces up his uh, laces up his shoes. He's gonna go out there and give it a hundred and ten percent and give it everything he's got. You know, he, he, fantastic facilitator. He spreads the ball around. You know, he had twenty one assists in that in that game against uh, Atlanta on Monday. He had he had more assists than he did points against Indiana on uh, last Monday, May the third. He had twenty four assists and only fourteen points. And uh, and and he put up and he's also done a good job scoring the basketball too. He put up forty two points on May the first against Dallas. Put up thirty three points against Indiana on on the uh, on the eighth on Saturday. Put up twenty eight. Put up twenty eight and then thirty four in back to back nights against Atlanta in a losing effort. Um, but still, he's also done a decent job. Now he shoots the ball nine thousand times. You know, he, he took 28 shots tonight, 22 shots the game before, 26 against Indiana. So he takes a so he takes a lot of shots. I I, I grant you that, and his field goal percentage hovers around the 40 percent margin. That's that's also I have, I have to say that too. But he's he's a he's a phenomenal point guard and a phenomenal basketball basketball player during the regular season. When Russell where Russell Westbrook gets himself hurt historically and gets himself hurt as far as being in the discussion as one of the top point guards in the NBA right now is the fact that come postseason time he does not deliver the goods. Uh, you know, Harden doesn't deliver the goods either. So he he and Harden are kind of one and the same in that boat. But Ky, but look, I mean, look at Kyrie, look at uh, look at Jokic, look not Jokic, look at uh, Luka Doncic. I mean, go look at the look, go look at the game's uh, top point guards in the league. Um, you know, that you can that you can name right right off the tongue, and and you take and you take a handful of guys to in a big game. I mean, Steph Cur- Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, they they all they switch back and forth at the guard at the guard position. You take those guys. In a, in a in a playoff series, if not an NBA Finals, where where you know you got where you, where your season's on the line, you take Steph, you take Klay Thompson, you take Luka Doncic, you take uh, Kyrie Irving if he's on the right team and doesn't it doesn't have to be um doesn't have to be the uh, the number one guy if he's the Robin and he and at at the point he does a phenomenal job, you take those guys before you take Russell Westbrook as far as. You know, best of seven playoff series during the springtime. During the uh, springtime is concerned, he's a phenomenal basketball player from game one to game eighty-two, or in this case, game one to game to game seventy-two. But when it comes down to when seasons are on the line, when legacies are when legacies are made, when it comes, you know, when it comes to that point where you got to separate the men from the boys. 
and you know who's gonna who's gonna go down as that all time all time great point guard in the NBA? Russell Westbrook every single time in the postseason, whether it's with Oklahoma City and that three one lead with Kevin Durant that he that he helped he helped Kevin Durant blue in two thousand sixteen. Whether it's when they fell flat on their face when he was a member of the Houston Rockets in many a playoff series, whatever it is, but when in, in a big game and in a play and in a, a big time playoff series, Russ, Russell Westbrook does not get his team and bring his team home, and that is going to be a huge blemish and a huge knock on his res on his resume as far as an all time great is concerned, and it's going to knock and it's going to have a knock on when you have those barbershop debates on who's the best point guard in the NBA because you have to take you have to take that into account of clutchness and being able to deliver his team when their backs are against the wall and when the chips are in the middle of the table. And Russell Westbrook, so far in his career, in the playoffs, and he's had many a chances in the postseason, has failed to bring his team home. But again, should not take away the fact that he's done a phenomenal job with the triple double, with the triple doubles, and and the fact that he's a phenomenal regular season player, but that but that's just it. It's he's a great regular season player. He'll get you to the playoffs, and he and Bradley Beal single handedly looks like they might get to the Wizards to the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. But when the Wizards get there, unless they play a team, unless they play a team that's that really you know has no business being there, a la. Um, you know, Indy, Indiana. Who knows? Charlotte. Who knows? But maybe even Boston after they've been sleepwalking a little bit uh, the last uh, f- uh, few a uh, few weeks, few games or so, uh, as far as the Celtics are concerned. But you know, it, but you're in, you're in it. You're in the playoffs to win a championship, and when it gets to that point where the Wizards, if they do want a playoff series or two, get past those weak opponents in the early rounds of the postseason. You know what are they going to do when they go up against if they have to go up against the Philly or 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 the Bucks or the Knicks or the Nets? What are, what are they going to do then? Can Russell Westbrook get them over the top? And now listen, no one in America expects the Wizards to go to the to represent the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals. I get that, but still, his career up until this point is known as a guy that. Can put up all the triple doubles he wants. He can, you know, you want you want a triple double from Russell Westbrook, middle of March, middle of February, middle of January, uh, you know, in you know regular season game one through eighty two, he'll give you that. But his style of play does not work well and does not win you playoff series and does not win you championships in a long haul. Russell Westbrook's style of play come. Come playoff time, does not result in championship basketball, and that's not being unfair. That's not nitpicking. It's it's a complete, fair, honest, and accurate statement. The reason why you can't necessarily put him in that top five as far as point guards in the NBA are concerned, you have to take into account that uh, you have to take into account of of what he does. Come playoff time, when the games matter the most, and no one is going to care 
No, no Thunder fan cared. No Rocket fan cared. And soon, if they if they get if they make it that far, no Wizards fan will care about Russell Westbrook pass, passing passing. Excuse me, Oscar Robinson for NBA all time triple on the all time NBA triple doubles list. If he's if he can't throw the ball off a boat into the ocean, and and they getting blown out in playoff games left and right, no one will care. No one will care. And in the big picture, those triple doubles will go by the wayside because what will scream louder and what will get and what will gather more attention from the fans and from the media and so on and so forth is how he performs in big games and in playoff series. The triple doubles is nice and it's cute and it looks good on the stat sheet and it's gonna look good sitting next to his uh next sitting next to his old thing in the Hall of Fame. But what about what you did come playoff time? Because at the same time, as great as Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, as great as Russell Westbrook is, as far as a regular season point guard is concerned, and getting a team competitive and and and, and be, being the catalyst of a of a competitive basketball team and and getting them over the top to make it into the playoffs, as much as he's great at doing that. He completely disappears come playoff time, and that's something that's again that that's that's he's going to have to answer unless things change. Now you can also make the argument that the triple double thing is overrated. In today's NBA, the the triple double in today's NBA has become the no hitter in baseball. It happens so often and so much and so frequently on a night and night out basis, on a year and year out basis, on a month and month out basis that it kind of loses its historical his, its historical significance and charm I get that and I understand all that and anyone who makes a point it's a fair and honest valid point to make but again he's got to do something when the games matter most and you can't win playoff series and you can't expect to get your team to a championship with 21 assists and you got 10 points and you're supposed to be, and, and and you're the and you're that team's number one. I understand. I understand the Wizards have Bradley Beal there, but still, you you cannot you cannot win you cannot win championships as as great and and God bless them with all the triple doubles, but you cannot win NBA championships putting up fourteen points with twenty one rebounds and twenty four assists as a you know as a point guard. Eventually, get eventually, and and it shouldn't be too hard to ask that at the minimum you should score no less than twenty one points a night. Now on the season, he's averaging twenty two points a game, so he's right around that mark. But to win playoff series and to be that dude when when your team's back is against the wall. He's going to have to prove to me that he can that he can get his team home, because in a big spot and in a playoff series in a playoff game. So he's won he's won and done nothing in the postseason in his life nothing. Now if he somehow someway gets the Wizards in a in a situation where they're playing in the regular NBA playoffs, he can prove me and everybody else wrong. But how he performs in the postseason has a lot to do with legacy and greatness. You can't 
blow everybody out the water during the regular season and then get to the playoffs and play like crap. You, you can't do that. You can't do that. So, you know, we we do the same same thing with Aaron Rodgers all the time. Aaron Rodgers, he's this, he's that. Oh, look, I, all is fair. And Russell Westbrook, like Aaron Rodgers, is, is a Hall of Fame player at at their respective positions and their respective sports. But to be an immortal and to be an all-time great, all-time great, you got to not only win championships, but have those signature playoff moments. Rodgers has that, but he's only had one championship, and he's been in the postseason about five, six, seven times in the last 10 years. Russell Westbrook has yet to win an NBA championship. And if he wants to put himself in the magic category, so to speak, as far as the game's all-time greatest point guards, he's got to produce in the postseason. Has to produce. Because in the the end, no one's going to care about the triple-doubles that he puts up against... uh, Against the uh, against the Atlanta Hawks, God be honest. But as far as his Wizards are concerned, they're thirty. They're currently thirty-two and thirty-eight. They currently hold the tenth and the final spot in the Eastern Conference playing tournament. If the season were to end today, they would play number nine seeded Indiana for the play-in tournament in the Eastern Conference, who's currently sitting at 33-36. and 36. Um, The Wizards have lost back-to-back games, both against, the, both against the Hawks in Atlanta after winning two straight at the Raptors, at the Pacers. Um, the, uh, the Hawks, cl- the, uh, the Hawks clinched a playoff berth with their, with the Wizards loss to them earlier uh, on Wednesday night. Um, Bradley Bill, just to look at what he's done uh, this just look at what he's done as of late, averaging 31 points a game. That's second in the NBA um, this season. Uh, coming off of coming off of a couple performances where he dropped 50 on uh, Saturday against Indy. He dropped 50 on Saturday against Indiana in that 133-132 win in overtime. 50 points, five rebounds, one assist, two blocks in the game. Shot 61% from the field, 42% from three. Had 28 points against Toronto last Wednesday, or excuse me, last t- uh, Thursday. Dropped 42 in a lo- in a one point loss to Milwaukee last Wednesday. 26 against Indiana, 29 against Dallas, um, and that's where you stand as far as Washington Wizards are concerned. Their schedule to close out the season. I can give it to you right here, right now. The season ends on Sunday, as a matter of fact. Um, I can give it to you right here. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. They play. They got two games left. They had. They are home again. So that's that was their last road trip of the of the regular season. From Wednesday, May the fifth, to, to this Wednesday, the twelfth. They come back home to the Capital One Arena, May fourteenth. That's Friday at home against Cleveland. And then they play Sunday at home against Charlotte. And they currently sit uh, 10th place in the Eastern Conference at 32 and 
and thirty eight and thirty two and thirty eight. The Bulls, the Bulls, unless something nuts goes down, are the only team that they would have to worry about chasing them, as far as uh, as far as getting into the play-in is concerned. Um, and right now in the play-in, you would have the Celtics, Celtics, Hornets, Pacers, Wizards, um, in the in as far as the Eastern Conference play-in uh, is concerned. You have um, you got and then just to look at the other teams in the Eastern Conference, you got Philadelphia, Brooklyn atop the East, Bucks number three, Hawks the four, uh, Miami the five. Knicks fall down to the six after they failed to get the job done against the Lakers on Wednesday night at the Staples Center in an over in a bad overtime loss for your New York Knickerbockers. But that's a, that's where you stand as far as the Wizards are concerned at thirty two and thirty eight. Two games left. They need to win those two games uh, as best they can, so, they, so they're not on the outside looking in when it comes to the play-in tournament. They are currently fourth in the Southeast Division. Gave you my thoughts on the Wizards. Gave you my thoughts on Russell Westbrook. Congratulations to him, but still, uh, you got to cement yourself as being an all-time great by performing when the games matter the most, and that's uh, in postseason series and playing good quality championship playoff basketball. Uh, that's where we begin here on this Wednesday show. Take a break. Get give me my thoughts on the Western Conference as far as that playoff chase is concerned. And don't and Ben, don't worry. I'm gonna get to the NFL schedule uh, later on in the program. Stick with us. This is the Amatel Acatelius podcast with Josh Shields. Welcome back to the Amtelica TIS podcast. Switching gears now from the Eastern Conference and the Wizards to the Western Conference. Like I said, season ends Sunday, so the uh, playoff push is uh, is coming down to the uh, it's coming down to the wires for us. The Western Conference is concerned. Um, right now, as of things stand, as of right now, you got. Utah at the number one, Phoenix at the number two, the L.A. Clippers number three, Nuggets four, Portland Trailblazers five, Mavericks Mavericks six. The uh, the play-in teams are the Lakers, Warriors, Grizzlies, and and uh, Spurs. The um the the Grizzlies and the Warriors have both clinched a play-in spot. Have both clinched a play-in spot. Uh, the tenth seed uh, is uh, the tenth. Uh, the tenth uh, seed in the Western Conference is up in the air as of right now. The Lakers uh, could somehow, some way, finagle their way into uh, into avoiding the play-in. The only a game separates them and Dallas. As far only a game separates them and Dallas. Portland has the tiebreaker against the Lakers, but only a game separates them, Dallas, and Portland as far as the five six. 
in the Western Conference is concerned, like I told you at the end of the last uh, segment, that the Lakers took care of business in overtime against uh, and over took care of business in overtime against the New York Knicks uh, last night. Who, which, and that would have been a night where the Knicks would have clinched their first, would have uh, clinched a playoff berth for the first time since 2013. They ended up doing so on Wednesday nights so and only got postponed. The celebration in New York only got postponed today. Uh, but Anthony Davis had a 20 point, uh, had a 20 point six rebound, four assist performance. Um, Manje Drummond put up two, put up sixteen. He had uh, he had eighteen rebounds, four or excuse me, eighteen rebounds, three assists, and and the and the sixteen points for Los Angeles. Kyle Kuzma actually shot the ball well for a change, coming off the bench with twenty three with uh, with twenty three points, and uh, and I, and really outside and outside of Julius Randle put up thirty one. Uh, and Derrick Rose put up 27 off the bench. It was a very, uh, it was a very low scoring game. I mean, the Lakers only reached 100 plus points because because of the fact that the game went into overtime on Tuesday night. But uh, the Lakers took care of business against the Knicks 101 to 99 uh, as they help try to help their causes and trying to avoid the play-in as far as the uh, as far as uh, the Western Conference playoffs. Uh, are concerned, but and then you got the Warriors who clinched the play-in spot along with Memphis. Memphis is thirty-six and thirty-three, three games over five hundred. Uh, the Warriors are four games over at thirty-seven and thirty-three. The Warriors have won four straight, have won seven out of the last ten. Uh, the Grizzlies themselves are on a three-game winning streak as well. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see uh, if the Lakers can avoid the play-in. If the if the Lakers can avoid the play-in, and it'll be interesting to see if they end up do making it and end up qualifying to play in that play-in tournament in the West, who their opponent will be. As of right now, you could have a very juicy, intriguing, and exciting and entertaining uh, play-in game between play-in tourney, play-in game regarding them and the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors currently hold the eight. Lakers hold the seven. Lakers are at thirty nine and thirty, and the and Golden State's at thirty seven and thirty three. The loser of the seven of the the loser of the seven eight uh, plays the winner of the nine ten, which as of right now at the time of this recording would be Memphis and San Antonio for the nine ten. The loser of the loser would play the winner of the nine and ten. And the winner of the and the winner of that matchup would get the eighth seed and would have to go up against Utah in the Western Conference, who's currently sitting pretty at fifty at fifty and nineteen as of right now. And the winner of and the winner of the seven eight, which in this case as of right now, uh would be the Lakers and Golden State. The winner of that game and the winner of that matchup would end up uh, pl- would end up going up against uh, would end up going up against Phoenix in the first round, number two seed Phoenix, and would get the seventh seed in the uh, and would get the seventh seed in the Western Conference playoffs. But, but I'll tell you something. I tell you something right now. Uh, you you would love it. Would absolutely love it. Now the game would be at ten o'clock, ten fifteen, ten thirty at night. But you would love it. And if LeBron has no choice but to come back and play for this one, you know, seasons on the line, gotta make the playoffs and try to defend your title. But you, you would, you, you're a liar, and you're either a liar or you're not a basketball fan. If you, if you were simply trying to tell me that Lakers versus Golden State 
seven versus the eight. The winner gets the winner gets Phoenix. The uh, the loser has to play another game to uh, to try to uh, try to keep their playoff chances and playoff hopes alive. You mean to me right now, Steph Curry versus LeBron James, Lakers versus Golden State, two huge ratings boosters. You mean to tell me you would not sit down? They could put the game at two o'clock in the morning. I'd still, I'd still watch the, uh, I'd still watch that, I'd still watch that matchup in bet- between those two teams. You mean to tell me right now you wouldn't watch? I mean, my if if you, if you love basketball. Um, and and I understand the playing thing. It's it's kind of it's gimmicky. It's not, you know, they they got enough. The NBA has enough teams in the playoffs already. Why in the world they need to like you know add a few more? I get that. I understand all that. Less is more when it comes to having good quality playoffs. I get that, and I've made that point at infinitum in the history of this program. But Lakers Warriors in a playing slash playoff uh, setting. That is championship appointment television right there. Without, without question. Without question. Winner gets Phoenix. Loser has to play one more game to fight to see another day. That, especially if it's the Lakers. You know, dealing with all the injuries that they've had this season. Shortest off season in NBA history, I believe. Um, you know, having been crowned a champion in mid-October and have to turn around and play another season in, in uh, late mid-December, and then having to go the long route and LeBron to do the impossible, go through this playing tournament to try to make it back to another NBA Finals and try to defend the Lakers uh, championship title from 2021, that would be great, 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 great basketball. And and to make it even better, that you'll have fa- you'll have fans in the stands too, which will give a little bit of a which will give a uh, which will provide some atmosphere and will provide um, some uh, some juice surrounding those two teams, other than playing in an empty arena in front of, you know, in front of uh, in front of a few dozen people uh, down down at the Orlando bubble in that uh, in that. Um, boring, bland, uninspiring setting that they had to play playoff basketball in back in last summer, early fall. So, But that's where you stand as far as the Western Conference is concerned. Uh, matter of fact, let me look up, uh, let me pull up, see if I can pull up Golden State's, uh, see if I can pull up Golden State's schedule the last to uh, wrap up the season. Uh, let me see. 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 Stand by here as we get Golden State together here. They get two more. They got two more games. They play Friday against uh, get Friday at home against New Orleans. That game's a 930 game on ESPN. And then they play Sunday at home against Memphis. So they, so like I said, they've already locked up the playing scenario. Let's see who the Warriors, not the Warriors, um, who the Lakers play to close out the to close out the year for Los Angeles. Um, if they had a good gutty gritty win in overtime against the Knicks on Tuesday night, um, let's see. let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. They are nine games above five hundred thirty nine and thirty. 
uh, Kyle Kuzma decided to show up for a change and had a good performance. Uh, had a good performance on Tuesday night. Um, they got they got back to back Saturday Sunday uh, on the road at Indiana and at New Orleans to close out the season for the Lakers. So, be interesting to see how they uh, how they do against those two opponents on the road to close out the two thousand and twenty one NBA regular season. But really, the drama the drama that you that you that you want and that you're going to have in the NBA. Uh, essentially, is going to come down to the one and the t- is going to come down to the one and the two because the Phoenix is only behind Utah two games as far as the top seed in the Western Conference is concerned. Uh, whether or not the Lakers make make the play in or uh, or play or one of the first six teams to not have to go through the play in and just play in the regular NBA playoffs, and and. Um, to see whether or not you know the three and the four between Denver and LA. That, but that's where your drama is. The the one, the one and the two is yet to be decided in the West. The three and the four isn't concrete, set in stone yet. And whether or not the Lakers have to play in the play-in, or if they can somehow avoid it and play in the regular Western Conference playoffs. But. That is where you stand as far as the Western Conference is concerned. The NBA gave you a little bit of an NBA feel here to to begin the show. Take a break. Get to a 2021 NFL schedule that was released on Wednesday. Uh, review it. Go over uh, every schedule, every team schedule that I deem is important. The national tele, the primetime TV schedules, the hot, the Christmas and the Thanksgiving, all that good stuff is concerned. Yell and scream about the matchups that are getting put on primetime. I don't like, and give you my thoughts in the 2021 NFL schedule as a whole. This is the Young Teller TIS podcast. Back after this. Welcome back to the Amatelic TIS podcast. Okay, so it is the the day and the time is finally here. The day that the NF that the uh, NFL schedule for this upcoming football season was announced and released today. I will go through. Um, I will go through essentially the playoff teams from the previous year. My team, of course, the Cincinnati Bengals, the entire AFC North division, because I live in that uh, sort of territory of my favorite teams in the AFC North. Uh, and I'll give you a schedule of a couple intriguing teams um, heading into this season, the Patriots being one of them, uh, the Patriots being one of them, the Cowboys, the Dolphins, 
uh, our ones too. Of course, I will give you the prime time schedules of Thanksgiving games, the Christmas games, and the entire week one slate and yell and scream if there's a game that I uh, come across that I don't like. Um, so here we go. Let's, without further ado, let's jump right into it. The Bengals, they, my Cincinnati Bengals, they open up this season at home uh, against a unusual opponent, to say the least. I mean, it, it apparently has not been that long since the Bengals opened up a season against a NFC North opponent. But considering we get over that, you know, we open up the season, first few games of the year, we got to play NFC North opponents. And, you know, and, you, and we don't play. Uh, and we get the Steelers earlier in the year. Um, so I get that. And, uh, and a, so it's just a weird... I don't know. I mean, to know to know the formula is to know the formula that we were getting. And we were getting, we were getting um, NFC West opponents. So we were getting the NFC West opponents, NFC or excuse me, AFC West opponents, NFC North opponents, of course, AFC North opponents, and the last place teams out of the NFC West. And the NFC uh, South. So the last place team out of the NFC South is the Jags. We play them. The last place team out of the NFC West is the 49ers. We play them. We play the entire we play the entire AFC West and NFC North. So the North in the NFC, it's Vikings, it's Vikings, Bears, Lions, Packers, and then in the AFC West, it's uh, Chargers again. We played them last year, but the Chargers again. Denver Broncos, Raiders, Kansas City Chiefs, and then of course our regular division opponents. Um, regular division opponents: Ravens, Ravens, Steelers, Browns, home, home and away. And also we also get the uh, the last place AFC West. So we get so we get three teams that finished in last place last year from the AFC West. AFC South and NFC West, and then we played the entire NFC North, the entire AFC West, and then of course within our own divisions. That's kind of the the uh, the formula for uh, the Cincinnati Bengals and for you know the Steelers. It's the sa- it's the same way they get the NFC North and the AFC West with with the first place opponents out of the AFC East, AFC South and uh NFC West. So in their case they would play the Seahawks, Bills, and Tennessee Titans uh for the, for their schedule. And but outside of those three teams they play of course the same points that the Bengals do outside of of course when they play each other. But anyway, that's not here and there. The Bengals open up the season at home against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, last time they played the Vikings was a few years ago. I think that was Marvin Lewis's last year, if I if I stand correctly. Um, when they got at, when they got the brakes beaten off of them in Minnesota, so they open up there there against they open up uh at home against Minnesota to begin the season. That game's a Fox game. Uh, what's that? What's I'm not thrilled about week two. They they get they get a stretch where they play. They get two. They get uh. They get one back to back road games, and they play three road games throughout the uh, throughout the month of October. And then they also have uh, and they so just to set this up, they play two. They play they have a back to back on the road, 
back-to-back at home, three straight on the road, and then after and then a home game, a bye week, and then a road game, three straight at home, a road game, two on two at home, and then they end they end the season on the road uh against Cleveland. But they play the Steelers week three on the twenty sixth of uh, September on the road against uh, Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Uh that's that should be a fun and and, and thrilling game getting Joe Burrow back there under the uh, at the saddle. Um, week four, the only primetime game they have this season is on Thursday night against the Jaguars, uh, who they beat last year at home for their first win of the season. They go up, of course, that's the Lawrence Burrow rematch of the uh, national championship game a few seasons ago in on, at the, in the uh, college circuit. Then they uh, have another home game on the 10th against the Green Bay Packers when they played Green Bay last time in 2017. That was an early, uh, that was in, uh, that was in, I want to say, no, it was week two, week two, week three of 2017. They lost, uh, they lost the game on the road in Lambeau against the Green Bay Packers. Um, so they get to play them again this time at home on the 10th of October after that Thursday night, home Thursday night game against the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars. That game, I, honestly, that game depends on whether or not Aaron Rodgers is on the roster by that time. If Aaron Rodgers is on the team, if Aaron Rodgers is suiting up for Green Bay, I don't, I don't give us a chance. If if it's Jordan Love, I like our chances against the Green Bay Packers uh, on October the tenth. Then we hit the road trip, the three game road trip where we play the the uh, Packers division rival Lions. Uh, the Ravens, the Ravens on the road in Baltimore, the twenty fourth of uh, the twenty fourth of uh, October, play the Jets Halloween uh, on Halloween on the thirty first of October in uh, at the Meadowlands. Come back home to play the Brownies on the on November the seventh. Bye week. Hit the road to go uh, to go play the Raiders in Vegas on the twenty first of uh, on the twenty first of uh, November. Get the uh, Steelers out the way because by the time we play the Steelers again, last year we had already finished, only completed one game against them. So we'll be finished with the Steelers by the time the month of December rolls around. We have our last game against the Steelers at home on the twenty eighth of November. Uh, and then on the 5th of December, we play the Chargers again at home. That was the week one game last year, of course, where A.J. Green doesn't push off. We win the game, and if Randy Bullock knows how to win and knows how to kick a field goal, we go to overtime. That's going to be Herbert versus Burrow part two on the 5th of December. Home against the San Francisco 49ers, who should be a much better team if no one gets injured to Helen Beck like they did last year. Um, on the road against Denver. Come back home against the Ravens the day after Christmas on the 26th. Hopefully we can be competitive against the Ravens for once in our lives, which which we have not have been for the last few years or so since the Tyler Boyd 4th and 12th game. And then we play the big bad Kansas City Chiefs on the back end of the season. Depending on how things go with the Chiefs, that could be a winnable game because they rest everybody. Or it could be a, one of those miracle games, a la the Steeler game last year where the Bengals absolutely play out of their mind and show Patrick Mahomes who's boss. That game is the second of the that game is the second day of the new year on January the second. 
and then of course the seven, and then of course week eighteen, which I still, which I still do not like, and it's going to take some time getting used to on the road against Cleveland. So, and if you ask me right now, just add a glimpse in hindsight, and the, and the Bengals get the extra game, of course, having to host uh, San Francisco with the added week this year. Um, if you t- if you ask me, just at a glance on paper. I think the Vikings game is winnable, and this is early May, so take it for what it's worth. The Vikings game is winnable. The Bears game depends on how well they can protect the Burrow and 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 stop Khalil Mack, because if they let Khalil Mack go nuts and get Andy Dalton to come back home to Baltimore and get his revenge like he did last year's member of the Dallas Cowboys, or we go to Chicago, I should say, but still. Uh, you know, that game, that game probably has, you know, 21-17, 21-10 written all over it. Um, so I'm not sure about the Bears game. Um, so the Steelers, uh, Steelers, who, honestly, when it, Bengals, Steelers, who knows at this point, uh, the Steelers are wishy-washy and then the Bengals, you never know. Uh, Jaguars should be easy, not easy pickings. They got Lawrence behind. They they got Lawrence at quarterback. But Jaguars, I expect to beat the Jaguars. Like I said, Green Bay depends on if Aaron Rodgers is in the Packers uniform or not. Lions should be easy pickings on the road. Ravens, I'd like, and I'd like to go to that game also too uh, and see Joe Burrow up close and personnel in the uh, new stripes. Ravens got to be competitive against them and Baltimore not not let Patrick Queen go nuts. Uh, should beat the Jets. Zach Wilson not impressed. They gotta beat the Jets. Take care of business against the Jets. Um, I they should they came so close to beating Cleveland. I mean they got the final score in the Week Two game against Cleveland's deceiving because they were not. They really that game was over in the middle of the fourth quarter. They should find a way to split Cleveland and to split Pittsburgh this year. I'd like for them to at least split Baltimore. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, Raiders. They should be. They. I would hope they would be able to beat the Raiders. I would hope they'd find a way to beat the uh, to beat the Chargers that they came oh so close in Week One last year. Forty Nineers should be better. Like I said, unless they're unless they're injured uh, to hell and back. Broncos. They should take care of business against. I one would hope. Uh. Cleveland, like I said, with the split, Baltimore, you never know. If there's one game out of this entire schedule outside of divisional opponents who I want who I want to beat badly, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. And you all know why I should not have to explain myself with that. That's the Bengals. When it comes to the rest of the division, uh the Ravens okay, so here's the Ravens first off. Week one, they get right out the gate get gate. Uh, and no, and because of the added week, the Monday Night Football doubleheader goes bye bye. So the Ravens are the one and only lone Week One Monday Night Football game to open up the season against the Raiders in Vegas to begin the season. That's Monday, September the thirteenth. Monday Night Football Week Two, first two games of the season. The Ravens begin the, or excuse me, the Ravens open up the season. First two games are on prime time uh, national television. Monday Night Week One on the road, and they come home. And then they come home and play Kansas City uh, week two again, this time on Sunday Night Football instead of uh, on Monday night. So they come home uh, and play Kansas City week two on Sunday night, hit the road against, hit the road and play uh, back back two games on the road week three, September the 26th, and week four, October the 3rd. 
against the Lions and then, uh, and then against uh, Denver. Uh, the Denver game's at 425, by the way. Then they come back home, play a Monday, play a Monday night football game, play a Monday night football game at home uh, against the Indianapolis Colts. That's week five, October the 11th. And then they play, uh, and then they play the next week at home against the Chargers, week six on uh, the seventeenth of October, uh, against the Chargers. So, so if you go ahead, and, so if you go ahead and you look at it, um, and like I said, the Ravens they play the same opponents the Bengals do: AFC West, NFC North, divisional opponents, uh, and then first place teams, or excuse me, second place teams in the NFC East, or excuse me, second place teams in the NFC East and NFC, AFC East and NFC West. I'm getting myself tongue-tied here. And the Ravens do not have a home game. They do not have a home Sunday game at 1 o'clock until week 6 when they play uh, when they play the Chargers on October the 17th. Their first two home games of the year are night games on primetime television, Sunday night against Kansas City and then Monday night against uh, Indianapolis. Home game, and then they get they get a three-game home stretch, the week five, week six, week seven, week seven. They play my Bengals on the 24th, bye week, week eight. Week nine, they come home, so really it's four games in a row that they play with the bye week in between week seven and week nine. They play another home game at home against the Vikings November the 7th. Hit the road to play the Dolphins week 10, November the 11th on Thursday night football. Uh, then road, then on the road against the against the Bears in Chicago. Come home to play the Browns on Sunday night football week 12, November the, 27th, uh, the 28th. I believe that's... Thanksgiving weekend, so the Sunday after, or yeah, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Week 13, they hit the road and play uh, two two in a row against divisional opponents. Uh, the, Steel, the Steelers, December the 5th, that's a 425 game. I would imagine that's a Romo-Nance special for CBS. Uh, week 14, December the 12th, on the road against Cleveland. Uh, then they home, home against the Packers, week 15. On the road in Cincinnati against the Bengals, week 16. Home against the Rams where they'll freeze their rear ends off the second day of the new year, 425, week 17. Week 18, uh, January the 9th at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So the Ravens Ravens don't even begin their season series against Pittsburgh until December. Um, meanwhile, they'll get, meanwhile, they'll meanwhile, their first divisional opponent is the Bengals week set is the Bengals week seven. They don't play the Browns until week 12 and they play, uh, and then of course they play, um, the Steelers twice in the back end of the season. They play the Browns in a three week, in a three week period. They play in week 12, week 12 at home. Hit the road against the Steelers and then go to Cleveland Week 14. So they play the Browns in a three-week period and a three-week time span between Week 12 and Week 14. Um, and at first divisional opponent, like I said, is the Bengals Week 7. They have one, two, three, four, five, five primetime games this season. Two on two Sunday night games, both at home against the Brown. Both are home games. One against uh, Kansas City, another home game Sunday night against Cleveland. Two Monday night games, week one against the Raiders, week five against the Colts. One Thursday night game on the road in uh, the city of Miami. 
Um, and then moving on to another team in the NFC and the AFC North, that's Pittsburgh. Um, week one, uh, week one, they are at week one. They're at, um, at Buffalo week two, they're home against the Raiders three. They're home against uh, my Bengals week four. They're at Green Bay in Lambeau, uh, home against the home against the Broncos week five, week six, home against the Seahawks by week, week seven, at Cleveland, home against Chicago, home against the uh, Lions, at Los Angeles in SoFi, at my Bengals week 12, the 28th of November, home against Ravens week 13, at uh, U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis week 14, that's a Thursday night game against the Vikings, uh, Sunday game at home against the Titans, at Kansas City, four twenty-five this Sunday, the day the uh, and the slash the day after Christmas, the twenty-sixth, home against Cleveland, January the third, and then at Baltimore the roundup season on the ninth of of January twenty twenty-two. They have one, two, three, four primetime games. They have two sun. They got two Sunday night games. Home against the Seahawks. At uh, at Los Angeles in SoFi, a Thursday night game against the Vikings and one Monday night game against the Bears in Week Nine. That's where you stand with uh, with Pittsburgh, uh, the Cleveland Brownies. Uh, they start the season on the road against Kansas City to get a little bit of a comeuppance from that divisional game last year, or should I say, back in uh, back in January. Uh, that game's at the that game's at the Chiefs. That's Romo. That's a Romo Nance special for CBS. They open up the season against the Texans week two, the nineteenth. Play the Bears at home, then go on a road trip where they play the Vikings and the Chargers on the road. Come back home for a three game, three game slash three week homestand, whatever you want to call it, against the Cardinals, Broncos, and Steelers, weeks uh, six through eight. Uh, with the Thursday night game mixed in, thrown in against Denver week seven on October the 21st. Um, ho- uh, at my Bengals and at the Patriots weeks nine and 10. Home against the Lions week 11. Sunday night football at the Ravens week 12. Bye week week 13. Home against the Ravens again. Uh, play the Ravens again this time at home on the 14th. 15th, they're at home against the Raiders. Uh, and at Lambeau on Christmas Day, the twenty fifth, um, week seventeen on against the, week seventeen against the Steelers at Hines, and then close out the season against my Bengals. So, and the Browns get three primetime games, one of each, one Thursday night, one Sunday night, one Monday night. And that's where you stand as far as the Cleveland Browns are concerned, as far as their schedule. Uh, just to bounce around, give you a couple playoff teams, uh, if you care. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts, their home against uh, their home against Seattle to open up. They they open up the season back to back with uh, two games against NFC West opponents, the Seahawks and the Rams, weeks one and two. Then they have a three game road trip where they play at the at the Titans, at the Dolphins, at the Ravens, September twenty sixth, third. And uh, that, and then a Monday night game against the Ravens on October the 11th, uh, week six. They're home against the uh, week six. They're home against uh, the Texans. Uh, they're they get their first divisional, their first AFC opponents, their first divisional opponent in week three. Matter of fact, let me go back with the AFC North. 
The Steelers' first divisional opponent is against uh, Cincinnati Week 3. What a surprise. They do not play Cleveland until late October. They do not play Cleveland until late October. Gave you uh, where they stand as far as playing the Ravens. The Browns' first divisional opponent isn't until Week Eight at home against the Steelers. They do not play the Ravens like I said until the back end of the season. They play Pittsburgh on Halloween Day and then don't see them again until the third of the new year on Monday night. Um, so that's where you stand as far as divisional opponents in the AFC North. Getting back to the Colts. Um, week seven at San Francisco, home against uh, the Titans and the Jets and uh, the Jaguars, so the three straight at home in a row. At Buffalo, home against the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers. At Houston, bye week week 14. And then uh, play the Patriots week 16, or excuse me, week 15 at home. At um at the Cardinals Christmas Day week sixteen home against the Raiders week seventeen week eighteen at sunny Jacksonville Florida close out the season on January the ninth um Buffalo home against the um their first divisional opponent uh, is right out of the gate week two at uh week two at uh, Miami they open the season against the Steelers like I already mentioned. Um, they at the Dolphins home back to back against Washington and uh, Houston. Uh, matter of fact, let me go see uh, the Colts primetime game. As a matter of fact, just whizzed right through that. Um, they get one to uh, 49ers, uh, 49ers week seven, uh, the 24th, three against the Jets. Uh, and thanks. So they get one, two, three. Four primetime games this season, the Indianapolis Colts do. Before I go any further, let me count the Bills, their primetime games. They get one, two, three, four. And three out of the four on the road were there at at Kansas City on Sunday night, at Tennessee on Monday night, at the Saints on a Thursday night. That's going to be Thanksgiving night. And then the only home primetime game they get of the season is Monday night, December the 6th, against the Patriots uh, at home. There, and then uh, let's just uh, move on from the, from where I was. At, like I said, at Kansas City, back-to-back primetime games, Sunday night, Monday night, Kansas City and Tennessee, home, bye week, home against uh, the Dolphins on Halloween, uh, November the 7th and the 14th at the Jets, or excuse me, at the Jaguars, at the Jets, um, home against the Colts, Thanksgiving night in the Bayou, Monday night game after that at home against the Patriots. They see Tom Brady again, this time in a Bucks uniform down in sunny, warm Tampa <laughs> come December the 12th. Um, home against the Panthers at the Patriots the 26th of December. Then they end the season and begin the new calendar year, January 2nd and the 9th. Home back-to-back against the Falcons and the Jets to close out the season. And, uh, and that's where you stand as far as the Bills. Uh, the Seahawks for my brother Ian. Uh, if you care, uh, brother, listen to this. Uh, they open up the season, like I previously stated, at the Colts. Um, they, and then they play, and then their home opener is against, uh, and then their home opener is against the Tennessee Titans. 
and then they hit the road again and play the Vikings again and play uh, the and play the and play the 49ers. Their first divisional opponent of the season is against the 49ers in week four in the month of October. Their first home game against a division rival doesn't come until week five, October the seventh. That's a Thursday night game against the Rams. Then that's they and then the Seahawks themselves. They have a Seahawks. It's interesting. Seahawks have a stretch where they play three straight primetime nationally televised games and then they all and then in the back end of the season they have a stretch where they play back to back primetime games. The three the three straight primetime games is week five, six, and seven. Thursday night at home against the Rams, on the road against the Steelers week six Sunday night football. Week seven Monday night football back at home against the Saints. And then they have a Monday night on uh week twelve at Washington and then they and then week thirteen a Sunday night game against San Francisco Forty ers but uh, and then uh, did I cover everything? Week eight Halloween day against Jacksonville. Their bye week is week nine. They're at Lambeau the fourteenth of November. Week ten uh, home against the Cardinals. Week eleven uh, went over the, those two primetime games. Week twelve, back to back on the road against uh, the Texans, and then at SoFi, week fifteen, December the nineteenth. Then the twenty sixth, uh, they play at their home against the Bears. Seventeenth, home against the Lions, and they end the season uh, at uh, Arizona, playing the uh, Cardinals on January the ninth. Um. And the Seahawks also have a stretch where they play back-to-back home games twice in a season, week 7 and 8, and week 16 and 17. But to, but the first six weeks of the season, the Seahawks only have two home games. And throughout the month of September, they're only home once. And uh, let's see. Their first division opponent is San Francisco. And they do not play the Cardinals until the back end of the season. They don't play the Cardinals for the first time until uh, mid-late November. And by the time they play, and by the time they play the Rams, and by the time they play the Rams and the Cardinals the second time, they will have already finished up their season series against the 49ers. So that's what he stands for us. The Seahawks are concerned. The Washington name redacted for Coach Ireton and Brendan. Uh, our two pals, they open up the season at home against the Chargers week one, and then they have a three-game road trip week four, uh, week four, or excuse me, I'm reading, it's they have it left to right, I'm, I apologize, I'm getting myself all discombobulated. They open up the season two home games, uh, their first divisional opponent of the season is against the Giants week two, that's a Thursday night game, the first Thursday night NFL Network Thursday night game of the year, that's the 16th. They're at home against the Giants. Uh, week three, they go and play Buffalo back-to-back. So they have back-to-back at home, then back-to-back on the road. On um, Week three at Buffalo. Week four at the Falcons. And then they have a back-to-back at home as well. Week uh, Weeks five and six at the Saints. Or excuse me, home against the Saints, home against the Chiefs. Then hit the road back-to-back at the Packers in Lambeau at Denver Halloween. Uh, home against the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers in the rematch of the wild card game back in January. Um, and they hit the road and played Carolina in Carolina week 11. Home against the Seahawks on Monday Night Football week 12. At the Raiders in Vegas December the 5th. 
home against the Cowboys December the 12th at the uh, at the Eagles week uh, week 15 at the Cowboys week 16 this is 26 on Sunday night then uh, against the Eagles week 17 at home last home game of the season and then they finish up the season on the road at the Giants week 18 December or excuse me January the 9th so they do not they play one division so look at this with the with Washington they play one one divisional opponent in front in the first 3 months of the season in September in September October November one divisional opponent throughout the first three three months of the season, and that's week two at home against the Giants. From week 14 to week 18, they finish up the season against divisional opponents. They And in that, they play the Cowboys twice, the Eagles twice, and they end the season with the Giants on the road against the Giants. And they do not play the Dallas Cowboys or the Eagles until mid-December. They do not play the they do not play the Eagles nor the Cowboys until mid-December. And the final four weeks of their season are all against NFC East opponents. And they only have one NFC East opponent the first three weeks of the new season, and that's week two at home against the Giants. In that time span, they play in that time span. They play the first place team out of the AFC East. That's the Buffalo Bills. They play the entire. They play the entire NFC or excuse me AFC West in the Chargers, Broncos, Raiders, and Chiefs. And they play the NFC South in the Falcons, Saints, Panthers, uh, and uh, Buccaneers. And they also get the first place NFC West opponent in the Seattle Seahawks, who they played. Last season and primetime games for Washington, they have one Thursday night week two against the Giants, two Sunday or excuse me Monday night against the Seahawks week twelve. That's also a home game, and they have a Sunday night game on the road against the Cowboys. So they get three primetime games, two at home and one on the road. Two out of the three are against division uh, rivals, while the other one is against the Seattle Seahawks, November the twenty ninth. Uh, the Patriots, the Patriots, uh, just to give you a little feel for them, um, home, they open up the season, they open up the season at home against, uh, against the, uh, Dolphins, then they hit the road against the Jets, home back-to-back against the Saints and, uh, Saints and Buck and the Buccaneers, Tom Brady returns home, that's gonna be a Sunday night game for NBC, uh, on the road against the Texans, at the home against the Cowboys, home against the Jets, at SoFi against uh, the Chargers, then they fly back east on the road and play the Panthers in Charlotte, home against the Brownies, Thursday night game against uh, against the Falcons, November the 18th, home game against the Titans, uh, Monday night game on the road against the against the Bills, uh, on the road against the Colts, home against the Bills home against the Jaguars, on the road against the Dolphins. The Patriots get one, two, three primetime games this season. One Sunday night, one Thursday night, one Monday night. Uh, the the lone home primetime game is the Sunday night game against uh, the Patriots, or excuse me, against the Buccaneers, October the 3rd. Then, then they have two primetime games in a three-week period. Thursday night against the Falcons, 
And then, and then with a uh, regular Sunday 1 o'clock game against the Titans in between. And then they play December the 6th on the road against the Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football, December the 6th. Um, let's see here. Gave, uh, could, uh, could live without the Dolphins schedule. Uh, you know, if you care, you can look up the Dolphins, uh, Buccaneers. I'll get so I give you the Bucks, give you the Cowboys, give you the Packers. Um, for Mike and the OC, I'll give you the Rams. Then the primetime schedules, and then we'll move on from there. Um, the champion Bucks they open up the season at home again, of course, with the kickoff game that Thursday night against the Cowboys at home. They they get two straight back to back at home. Uh, they're home against the Falcons week two, um, at the Rams in SoFi week three, at the Patriots for that Sunday night game like I just uh, brought up. Then they return home week five against the Dolphins, uh, at the Eagles. At the Eagles, week six, home against the Bears. At the Saints, bye week, week nine. At Washington, week ten, uh, home against the Gi- home against the Giants, week eleven. Uh, at the Colts, at the Falcons, and then home against the Bills, Saint- Bills and Saints, and they finish. And then they got the- at the Panthers, at the Jets, and they close out the season at home against the Carolina Panthers. The Bucks the Bucks first division opponent is week two against the Falcons at home. The who was the other team? The Patriots, their first division opponent is right out the gate against the, the Dolphins like like it was last year. Um and their prime and the Bucks primetime games is one the kickoff game. Uh two Sunday night game when Brady comes back. At the Eagles that's another primetime game on uh, that's a Sunday night game. Monday night at home against the Giants, and week fi- and then Sunday night against the uh, the Saints. Week fifteen. So let me count them up here for you. You got one, two, three, four, five primetime games for the Bucks this season. Uh, Chiefs, give you the Chiefs, and then give you the Packers, Cowboys, and Rams, then we'll get on with the program. Week one, uh, home, this is the Chiefs, by the way. They open up the season at home against the Brownies, uh, week one. The, the first divisional opponent, by the way, is week three at home against the Chargers. They open up a season against two AFC North of opponents at the Browns, or excuse me, home against the Browns at the Ravens on a Sunday night. Then they play division opponent in the Chargers uh, at the Eagles, home against the Bills at Washington, at Tennessee, home against the Giants and Packers uh, at the Raiders in Vegas, home against the Cowboys bye week, week 12, week 13, 14, 15. Their divisional opponents, home against the Broncos, home against the Raiders, at Kansas, or excuse me, at the Chargers, uh, at the Chargers. Then they are home against the Steelers, home against my Bengals week 17, or excuse me, they're at my Bengals week 17, I apologize. And they finish up the season at Denver in week 18. Um, their divisional opponents are pretty, are like the most spread out I've seen out of all of the schedules that I've looked at so far. 
where you know they spread out their divisional opponents in 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 out Washington, where essentially they played two thirds of their divisional opponents last four weeks of the season. But that's uh, that's the Chiefs, uh, Cowboys, and here the Cowboys for uh, Jacob Bull and uh, Skip Bayless uh, at at the Buccaneers to begin the season. At the Chargers uh, in SoFi, first divisional opponent is week three at home against the Eagles. Um, uh, then they're home against the Panthers, home against the Giants, at the Patriots, bye week, at the Vikings uh, in U.S. Bank, home against the Broncos, home against the Falcons, at Kansas City week 11, home against the Raiders week 12, at the Saints week 13. Uh, uh, Washington week 14, 15, and then week, Washington week 14 and 16 with the Giants road game thrown in there. Week 17 against the Cardinals and week 18 against the Philadelphia Eagles. So, like I said, so they do not play the, they do not play the Washington until, until December and they finish out their season uh, at the Giants and at the Eagles back into the season as as well. Their primetime games, one, two, three, four, five. So the Cowboys get the five primetime games in 2021. Um, do the Rams and then do the Packers and get on with it. Uh, the Rams home home against the Bears week one. Uh, then they're at the Colts home against the Bucks home against the Cardinals at the Seahawks at the Giants home against the Lions at at uh, Houston home against the Titans at San Francisco by week week eleven at Green Bay and Lambeau home against the Jaguars week thirteen. At Kent, excuse me, at Arizona week fourteen, home against the Seahawks week fifteen, at the Vikings, at the Ravens back to back week sixteen, seventeen, then they close out the season at home against the 49ers. Um their primetime games for the Rams, they get one, they get one, two, three, four, back to back, uh Sun they get back to back week nine and ten Titans and 49ers in prime time. And so they get, so they get one, two, three, four, five. That's the Rams. Packers. It only matters if Aaron Rodgers is on the team, but if he somehow, some way, uh, is a Green Bay Packer come week one, uh, come week one in the Superdome. It will, like I said, go up against the Saints week one, uh, week two home against the uh, week two their first division opponent at uh, home against the Lions, then week three uh, against the Forty ers then they play the AFC, uh, then they play the AFC North back to back the Steelers and the Bengals Steelers at home, Bengals in the jungle, play Chicago week six, Washington week seven, uh, Cardinals week eight. Excuse me. Uh, Kansas City week nine uh, in Kansas City. Uh, week ten home against the Seahawks. Week eleven on the road against uh, the Vikings. Then home back to back against the Rams and the Bears at Baltimore. Home back to back against the Brownies and the uh, Vikings. And they close out the season on the road against the uh, Lions. Their prime time games. They got a bunch of them. 
they got the most pro- they 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 lead they are the leader in the clubhouse they are the they are the NFL team with the most uh, prime time games this season one Thursday night game three Sunday night football games one Monday night football game and one game on Christmas the most games in prime time the Green Bay Packers NFL schedule makers are really counting on the fact this Aaron Rodgers stuff is just uh, smoke and mirrors and all talk no bite because if somehow some way Aaron Rodgers decides to leave Green Bay, uh, they are screwed because they essentially have built their primetime schedule all around the Green Bay Packers. They are sure they are betting on the fact that come week one and come uh, you know, come week one, come this September, Aaron Rodgers is still gonna be in the Green Bay Packers uniform, not hosting Jeopardy or retired or playing for the Denver Broncos. But those are the teams of uh, note that I wanted to get to. The primetime games, this is the part where I usually like to yell and scream. Well, before I get to that, I'm going to give you the week one uh, schedule. The kickoff game, sorry about that. The week, the kickoff game, like I said, is uh, Cowboys and Bucks. Uh, and then, of course, you got uh, Eagles and Falcons. Uh, Eagles and Falcons on Fox at 1. Steelers and Bills at one on CBS, uh, Jets and Panthers at one on CBS, Vikings and Bengals at one on Fox, 49ers and Lions at one on Fox, Jags and, and Texans at one on CBS, uh, Seahawks and Colts at one on Fox, tough deal, opening weekend of the season, making the Seattle Seahawks fan get up at 10 o'clock in the morning, first game of the season, but that's neither... Here nor there. Same thing with the San Francisco 49er fan as well out there out west in uh, San Francisco. While they, while they, it's fun, they, it's fun, it's funny. They make the Seahawk and the 49er fan get up at 10 o'clock in the morning, yet the, yet the, uh, yet the, um, yet the Dolphin and the Patriot fan, two teams that play on the East Coast, have to wait till 4 30 in the afternoon for their two games to start. Absolutely unbelievable. Uh, Cardinals, Titans, uh, one o'clock on CBS. Chargers, uh, Washington, one o'clock CBS. Uh, uh, Browns and uh, Browns and Kansas City, four twenty-five CBS. Uh, like I said, aforementioned Dolphins and Patriots, four twenty-five CBS. The Packers and uh, Saints, four twenty-five on Fox. And the Broncos and the and the Giants four twenty five on Fox, uh, and in a Monday night game, like I said uh, earlier, Ravens and Ravens and Raiders to open up the season. That game is also going to be on ABC as well. The the I, I always have one thing to scream and yell about, so the NFL either must listen or they're psychic. You know why in the world they're going to give us to begin the Sunday night football season, uh, the the Bears and the Rams. I mean, why? I mean, you gave us the Rams last year, week one, to show off the phone, the fancy little new stadium, SoFi, with the with the Cowboys. Uh, what? So so what? So we get to see what SoFi looks like with fans in it. If you want to see what SoFi looks like with, with fans in it, pick up Madden. My gosh, nothing. There's nothing exciting, and there's nothing thrilling, and there's nothing intriguing that's worthy of prime time than watching Andy Dalton and Matt Stafford play football at the quarterback position. Justin Fields ain't starting. Week one, Andy Dalton starting, unless something else changes. But who wants to watch Matt Stafford play football in prime time? When, when, yeah, I mean, you, I mean. You, <laughs> When the last time the Bengals and Lions played, you didn't see them. St- you didn't see the NFL stick them on Sunday Night Football. It's like the third, fourth year in a row they keep on giving us 
Rams and, 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 and Bears. And the argument I hear all the time, well, two large markets, Chicago and L.A., who cares? You know, let me see winning football. And don't give me the market garbage because the Green Bay Packers and small little Green Bay, Wisconsin have the most primetime games this NFL season. So don't sit and give me the market garbage when they literally gave the smallest market. Now it's one of the biggest brands in the NFL, but they gave the smallest market, quote-unquote, the most primetime games this season. So don't sit and give me this market garbage. Small little Green Bay, Wisconsin. It's got the most... Their team, the Packers, have the most primetime games this season. Why week one <laughs> do we have to watch the Bears and the Rams? We see them literally every single year. And every single time those two teams play each other, they bore me to tears. There's nothing inspiring and there's nothing compelling about watching those two teams play football. I understand they got great defenses and the two best players on each team are both on the defensive side of football. I understand that's a different change of pace and it's something different in a league that's dominated by offense. But no one wants to watch Jared... No one wants to watch... Well, no one wants to watch Jared Guffin who's on the ring. No one wants to watch Matt Stafford and Andy Dalton play. I'm sorry. Andy Dalton stinks in prime time, has yet to won a Sunday football game yet in his NFL career, and Matt Stafford... Overrated. Why in the world must me sit through another Bears and Rams prime time game? It's enough, NFL. My goodness gracious. How many how many more times are you gonna keep on giving us these two dopey teams? It's like the third, fourth year in a row you keep putting them on prime time. And I could care less about the stupid market sizes. I wanna watch good football. I want to watch good, compelling, entertaining football. And I understand there were two playoff teams from a season ago. They, those two playoff teams also happened to bore, bore the American audience to tears. Why? So we can see, so why? So we can see what SoFi Stadium looks like with fans in it? Nobody cares. My God Almighty, nobody cares. My goodness gracious! The two, the two thanks, the two Christmas games this season: Browns and Packers at four thirty, and the Colts and Cardinals at eight fifteen. Those are the two games on Christmas Day. They added that with the added sex. With the that's the only thing that I like about this extra game that they give us an extra game. On a Christmas Day, trying to blow up the NBA spot, but you know, you know, the NFL don't care, and rightfully so. It gives me some NFL. It gives me some NFL to watch when all the Christmas games from this past Christmas uh, stunk. They all were blowouts. Um, and then Thanksgiving, the NFL's day, the twenty. Uh, that's the twenty fifth of November. In case you want to know what day Thanksgiving is this year. Uh, the twelve thirty game is Bears. Is the twelve thirty game is Bears and Lions? That game's on Fox. Uh, they throw an AFC team in a mix when they play. It's Raiders and Cowboys on CBS uh, at four thirty, and then so they got two AFC teams this year: the Raiders and the Bills. Um, and they put the Saints on Thanksgiving uh, on Thanksgiving again um, when they when they take on the Buffalo Bills on the nightcap uh, on NBC. Um, 
been hit a prime time schedule. Uh, let me see if I got anything to uh, to scream. Let me see if I got anything to to scream and yell about here. Here's a month. I'll give you a Monday night schedule first. Um, week one, like I week one, like I said, um, is Ravens versus is Ravens versus Raiders. Uh, is Raven is Ravens versus Raiders. Uh, week two, Lions and Green Bay. Really, this, we're putting the we're putting the hapless Detroit Lions, and 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 again and the game's even and the game's going to be completely blown up if Aaron Rodgers isn't on the team. Like I said, they are really putting all their eggs in one basket. Week two of the season, you're going to give us Lions and Lions and 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 and, and the Green Bay Packers? Are you kidding me? Week three, Eagles and Cowboys. All right, fine. Uh, week four, Raiders and Chargers. I can live with that. Week five is good. Uh, weeks that's uh, Colts and Ravens, by the way. Week six is good. Bills and uh, Titans. Week seven, all right. Uh, Saints and Seahawks. Week eight, Giants and Kansas City. You could do a little. I understand it's they uh, week week eight is they. I can see right through right right through their uh, their thinking with week eight. It's New York City and Patrick Mahomes. You you get good ratings. That's basically their that's basically their formula for putting that game on Monday Night Football. The problem is that though that that formula it may create uh it may create a great rating, but it won't create a great football game. I'll pass on that one. Uh, and then they stick the Bears on a Monday Night Football when they play the Steelers. Oh, it's okay. All right, fine. Uh, Rams and Rams and uh, 49ers isn't terrible. They're giving us uh, the Giants and the Buccaneers again. It was a good game when those two teams played the night before Election Day. Um, eh, it's, and you get the you get the champs on, so I can live with that one. Uh, week twelve, Seahawks, Washington. That's that's uh, that's fine. Week thirteen. Pats and Bills, fine. Week 14, I can live with that. Week 15, no. Viking, Vikings and, and Bears, when those two teams played each other last year in Soldier, in Soldier Field last year, the game, the game was unwatchable. This one will be the same thing. Uh, Dolphins and Saints, eh. Close out the season with a strong one, Browns and Steelers. So one game I despise it's the it's the Lions and Packers, uh, a game I could do without uh, Giants and Giants and uh, and uh, and the Chiefs and the Giants and the and the Buccaneers, and I could also do without and I also despise the Vikings versus the Bears. Uh, no, thank you. That's uh, Monday night. The Sunday night schedule. Week twelve, like I already screamed and yelled about, uh, Packers and Rams. Uh, uh-uh. uh, uh, week two, week two, week two, and week three are good. Week three, uh, like I said, is only good if Rodgers comes back. Week two, have a chance to see if the Ravens can get over the hump against Kansas City. Week four, it's Braves return to Foxborough. Week five, rematch of the AFC Championship game. Week six, Steelers and Seahawks should be good. Week seven should be good. Colts and 49ers. Week eight is okay, not the greatest matchup you can give me. Week nine is all right. Uh, week between the uh, the the Titans and the Rams, 
week 10 uh Chiefs and Raiders is are is is okay um it was a good game when those two teams played each other on Sunday night last year in Vegas Steelers and Chargers eh. uh Thanksgiving games all right week 12 is should be an all-time classic week 13 should be good uh, 14, I'll pass again, especially if Aaron Rodgers, regardless if Aaron Rodgers stays or goes, I'm sick of seeing the Bears on my TV screen play football, uh, especially against the Green Bay Packers, who they always lose to week 14. I can do without that game as well. Uh, Saints and Bucks isn't going to have the same feel because Drew Brees is retired. Is retired. I can do without that on Sunday night. Uh, Washington and Dallas all be compelling if Washington will be in the thick of things come week 16. Uh, and I could also do without week 17 Vikings and Packers as well. So I honestly think the Monday night schedule is a lot better than the Sunday night schedule. Me personally, just looking at it at a glance. And of course, the week 18 game will be determined uh, the week before. The Thursday night game, uh, I can give you a Thursday night football games um the uh week 2 uh, week 2 uh giants and giants and the uh and the uh washington then they got carolina against the texans uh burrow versus lawrence the first game on fox is the lions and the is the lions and the, excuse me the rams and the seahawks that's week 5 uh excuse me yeah, week yeah week five, and then they got the game. Fr- and then they got the game Sunday at nine thirty from London. I can't stand those games in London. I need to get rid of them. Enough of the games in London, NFL way place. Uh, between the Jets and the Falcons, and then they got uh, Bucks and the Eagles, uh, Broncos and and Browns, Packers and Cardinals, Jets and Colts, Ravens and Dolphins. Pats and uh, and uh, the Falcons rematch Super Bowl Fifty One, the uh, the Cowboys and the Saints, uh, Steelers and Vikings, Chargers and Chiefs uh, matchups to be announced on the Saturday of uh, Saturday of December the eighteenth, week fifteen. Then uh, Thursday night again, uh, San Francisco and the Titans, Bron- Browns and and Packers. And then the uh, the last ever Thursday night game on Fox. And then of course the Colts and the San Francisco, excuse me, the Colts and the and the uh, Cardinals on Christmas night. Uh, let's see. I could do without. I can, well that game's uh, uh, never mind. Uh, I could do without. Uh, I could do without Week Three's matchup, the Panthers and the Texans. I could do without. Uh, I could do without. Uh, that's really the only one. Uh, the other games are serviceable. Just on the outside looking in, we haven't started the season yet, and it's only early May. But the other games are on on paper as of right now watchable. So no no one schedule sticks out as too great or too bad. I think the best one. I'd have to give the edge to Monday night football, but uh and then Sunday night and then Thursday night. Um, but there you have it. Um just just that segment alone, nearly an hour breaking down the NFL schedule, but there you have it. Um take a break, 
come right back, give my thoughts on the Oakland A's on their whereabouts as far as their future is concerned after the after their days of the of being in the Coliseum are up. This is the Yamatelica TIS podcast back after. Welcome back to the Yamatelica TIS podcast. Ending out the show with the. Uh, with an item I want to get on the board here before we say goodbye, and that is the fact that Major League Baseball came out earlier this week and said and basically told the Oakland A's that if they don't get this uh, this new park done in the Oakland area and the waterfront area, so on and so forth, that they gonna they are going to have to relocate and move out of Oakland if they can't get a new stadium deal done with the city of Oakland, saying that that uh that they essentially can no longer play in the dump that is the Oakland Coliseum uh for too much longer so so the Oakland A's essentially have to get a deal done with the city of Oakland or have to pack up a ship and move someplace else to a city that, to a city that's going to give them a brand new ballpark um me personally and I hate it when teams relocate I hate it I can't, I'm all for I'm all for expansion and, and expanding the league and creating new team I like that I like that element that new you know the new, new team new history new logo new coach new this new that new city new fan base other this that and the other but I cannot stand it can't stand it when teams relocate and they move especially when it's a team like Oakland, that's that's that a team like Oakland that's been there for what? Uh, for they've played in the Coliseum since 1968. We look up and see how long they've been in Oakland because they used to, of course, if you uh, know your baseball history and know that they used to be called the um, that they used to be called the uh. And not called, but they used to be in. They used to be in uh, Philadelphia. They were in Kansas City from nineteen uh, from. So they they were in Philadelphia from nineteen oh one to nineteen fifty four, and Kansas City from nineteen fifty five to nineteen sixty seven. So they've been in Oakland since nineteen sixty eight. That's fifty three years. Fifty three years they've been in that city. And I'd hate for the city of Oakland, who who lost who lost the Warriors to the city across the bay in San Francisco. Uh, they lost the Raiders to Vegas, and it'd be a shame to see to see them lose their only professional sports team they have in the A's to whether it's Vegas or somewhere else. I'd I'd hate to see them lo- to lose that, and I basically go from having three teams. To down to zero within within a few years' time. I'd hate to see that happen to the city of Oakland and their sports fans. I can't stand it when teams relocate and they move. Ugh, I, I, ugh, it, may, it makes me sick. Um, so, and I'm coming on here, and, they, and the A's need to stay in Oakland. For, not just for the fact that they've been there for the last 52, 53 years or so. They also need to stay there because... They are all that city has as far as professional sports. The A's need Oakland as much as Oakland needs the A's. They've been there for generations. Got a lot of history there. Their World Series, you know, their World Series championships, the bash, but what they did in the 80s, whole nine yards, the, the 2002 A's with that ridiculous 
then American League's uh, setting or a winning streak that they had back in 2002. The whole aura around that and Billy Bean and Moneyball. They need to stay in Oakland. And and I've heard a lot of talk from many people talking about where the A's should go if they can't get a, steal, a deal done. And me personally, and it's just me talking, me personally, I need physical proof. I need evidence that cities that I've heard on sports talk radio, the internet, and where it's social media and everywhere else, I need physical proof. I need numbers. I need charts. I need stats. I, I, I need physical valid proof that cities such as Nashville, Portland, Charlotte, and Las Vegas can support not just a Major League Baseball team, but can support it for generations, generations down the road, generations down the road. Oakland's been there since 1968. Okay, eventually, and this is how I feel with the Raiders. Eventually, it's gonna the 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 aura of being of newly being in Vegas is gonna wear off on the Raiders. Because of the fact that they belong and their history lies in lies in two cities, Los Angeles, which is is which is where if they had to have relocated out of Oakland, they should have went there instead of Vegas. They should have went the two teams that should be in Los Angeles as of right now. If I was running the NFL, would be the Rams and the Raiders. Why? Because they have his because they've had they have history and they have a bit of a fan base and and, and you can't tell their their respective franchises history without without including their time in Los Angeles. The Raiders is in is in Oakland. They're in Los Angeles. Events is going to wear off. Eventually it is. But I need physical proof that Nashville, Portland, Charlotte, and Vegas, just to name a few, can support an MLB team for generations. Teams such as that, locations and cities as, such as Nashville, Portland, Charlotte, and Vegas, they don't need a team that's had its roots and has had its history made elsewhere and have them essentially relocate to another city because it looks nice and they'll give them a ballpark. They don't, those cities don't need that. Those cities should be expansion cities. Those cities should get brand new teams, not teams that have made their history and have their roots in a totally separate city. That when you watch them play in a new city on TV, you say to yourself, that's Wish McCollum's team. That's not, you know, for example, Nashville's team. For a perfect example, why do you think, and people say all the time, well, they, they can support they can support a baseball team. They can support the Oakland A's. I mean, look, and the first example they always give is look at the Vegas Golden Knights. But an element that people fail to understand when they bring up the Vegas Golden Knights in hockey is that the Vegas Golden Knights, A, they made the Stanley Cup final the first year of existence, for one. And two, 
they're 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 their city's own team. They're their city's own team. That was a brand spanking new team. New team, new team name, new logo, new history, new everything. New ownership, new everything. New arena, new everything. They started it, they started everything from scratch. That's Vegas' team. Why Vegas is so big? Because that's Vegas's hockey team. That's that's theirs. When you begin the story of the Golden Knights, whether they stay in Vegas for the rest of time or they move on elsewhere, you can't tell the, the, the franchise's history without their origins in the city of Las Vegas. That's why. They belong to the city. It's Vegas's team. Not a team that belonged to somebody else that had to relocate because, because it couldn't get a stadium deal done. No, 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 no. Because if they would have got, cause, and that's all that really boils down to, because if they would have got a stadium deal done, it would have stayed in their old city. If Dean Spanos would have gotten a stadium deal done in San Diego, you know what? He'd still be in San Diego. If Mark Davis could have gotten a stadium deal done in Oakland, guess where they'd still be? They'd still be in Oakland. So I need physical evidence that all of these cities that everyone's throwing out there can support an NFL team. Not just for the short term when it's all nice, fresh, and sexy, and we all get to check out the new ballpark. No, 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 no. Are they still going to be able to support it 20, 25, 40, 45, 50, 60, 75 years down the road? And again, the reason why the Vegas and the Golden Knights, and again, I'm not I'm no hockey expert and I don't live there, but I'm pretty but I'm pretty willing um, but I'm pretty willing to say without fear of contradiction contradiction that one of the main reasons why that team is so big is because it's Vegas's team. It's the they they got a new team, the Seattle Kraken. That's Seattle's team. They move from they move from another city. That's their team. They started from scratch. So it's going to have that bond with the city because they have because it's, it's ours. Not something that was taken from somebody else and plopped in someone else and was and was plopped in their lap and they essentially have to adopt it. I, I it might be a, it might be a screwed up uh, analogy, but I put it to you like this. You feel, now I'm not saying that you don't love your kids equally, but you feel a certain sense of pride and the love you have for a kid that's biologically yours. Now, again, I'm no parent, but I'm just saying this from an outside perspective. I would imagine a parent may not love their, if they have, if they have like a blended family, they don't, they, they don't love their biological kid more, but they probably feel either more closer to them or they may feel something that they don't with their adopt with their adoptive kid as they would their biological one. Why? Because it's theirs. Their 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 DNA, their story, their origin story. It came from that parent. It's theirs. You can see yourself in that kid. 
Not to say that you don't love a step kid or 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 love a an adoptive kid, but at the end of the day, it, it's 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 just not the same. That because that adoptive kid or that step or that step or your step or that person's stepchild belonged to somebody else before you had an opportunity to love it and embrace it as your own. It's the same thing with with relocating these teams. Sure, sure, Vegas may open up the Raiders with open arms and love them and, and accept them as if they as if they've been there their entire franchise history. But the bottom line is, no matter how much Vegas loves them, they have a more closer knit of a tie and they're more beloved and have had more special moments with the cities of Oakland and Los Angeles. And that's how I feel about this situation with the A's. I pray to God that they don't move, that they stay in Oakland. But for all of the, again, I need to see proof that the, that the, that the Nashvilles, the Portlands, the Charlottes, the Vegas can support a baseball team for generations down the road. And also, those cities in particular who have never had MLB, who have never had an MLB team within their respective cities, in my opinion... They need expansion teams, not old teams that have had their roots tied down from somewhere else. That's me. And honestly, before any of the Montreal's, the Portland's, the Charlotte's, the Vegas gets a team, basically baseball needs to make sure that Montreal gets their gets their team back too. Long before you give it to the Vegas or, or Nashville or anywhere else. Montreal needs their team back. And the A's need to stay in Oakland. That's your show. And thank you for not for listening to a long-winded episode of the I'm Tell I Tell You's podcast. If you're new to the show and you like what you heard, please subscribe. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, at the J Shield. Follow the show on Instagram, at I'm Tell It underscore podcast. And the show on Twitter, at I'm Tell It underscore, at I'm underscore it, T-I-S. It's your boy, Josh Shields. Talk to you on Saturday. Y'all stay safe. Y'all take care. Get vaccinated if you haven't already. See ya.